0: Section Four of Amadis of Gaul by Vasco de La Barra, translated by Robert Southey. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Book One, Chapters Seven, Eight, and Nine of Amadis of Gaul. Book One, Chapter Seven of the Battle Which the Child of the Sea Had with Galpagno and His People. As the child of the sea approached the castle, he met a damsel accompanied by a squire and page. She was a fair damsel, and her hair was beautiful, which she rent as she went along, and made great lamentation. When the knight heard how she had suffered from the custom of that castle, he took her bridle and said, Come with me, and I shall avenge you. So they rode on and entered the base court, where there was a knight on horseback who said to him, Come on and receive your dishonour. Tell me, quoth the child art thou the villain who forced this lady no said he but if i were what wouldst thou then revenge her said the child of the sea the knight of the castle then spurred his horse and ran at him full speed but the child meeting him in full career gave him such greeting that shield nor breastplate availed for the lance went through his shoulder and he fell down dead The child drew out the lance, and met the second knight so directly that he rent his helmet from his head and bore him to the ground. He cried out for help, whereon three halberders issued out, to whom he said, Kill this traitor. They all ran violently on the child and slew his horse, but he lightly rose, and first he drove his lance through the knight, between the ear and neck, then bestirred himself against the other three, who coming behind, had wounded him in the shoulder, so that he lost much blood, Full well he recompensed the villain that did it, for he clove him down to the chest. The others fled, crying aloud for help. The child leapt on the horse of one of the knights and followed. And he saw a knight unarmed at a door, who cried out to him, What hath moved thee to come here and kill my people? Sir, quoth the damsel, this is the villain. Villain, said the child, dearly shalt thou pay for thy disloyal dealing. Go arm thee, else I will slay thee naked as thou art. "'for to such wretches there should be no mercy shown.' "'But the damsel cried out, "'Kill him, that he live not to abuse any more, "'for that will be to your account.' "'Ah, wretch,' quoth he, "'in an evil hour came he hither in thy company.' "'And he went in, telling the child to wait for him, "'for it was no use to fly. "'Galpano soon came armed into the court, "'mounted on a lusty white courser, "'and cried to the child, "'Well, mayest thou repent the time "'that ever thou sawest this damsel?' Or it will cost thee thy head.' Thereat, in anger,' he replied, "'each must guard his own, "'and let he who cannot lose it.' "'Without longer stay, "'they couched their spears, "'which in their encounter "'pierced through shield and armour "'to the flesh, "'and so forcibly did shields, "'helmets, and bodies clash together "'that they both fell. "'Soon they arose, "'and laid hand to sword "'and threw their shields before them, "'and began a fierce combat. "'The splinters of their shields "'were strewn about, and pieces of their armors and their helmets were battered and broken, and the ground whereon they fought, covered with their blood. Galpano, who felt a sore wound in his head, drew back to wipe away the blood from his eyes. How now, Galpano, quoth the child, dost thou not remember that we fight for our heads? And if thou defendest not thy own, thou wilt lose it. Be patient a while, answered Galpano, and let us breathe a little. We have time enough to make an end. Not so, said the child i do not combat thee for courtesy and so fiercely then he smote him that he bent his knees to the ground yet quickly he arose and defended himself but the child pressed him that he could scarce lift his sword and now sought only to protect himself with a shield And the shield was hewn away piecemeal then having no remedy he fled and would have got into a tower where his men were but the child overtook him by the steps and caught him by the helmet and smote his head from his shoulders then, turning to the damsel, said, "'Now may you choose another lover, "'for this to whom you swore "'hath discharged you from your vow.' He would have ascended the tower, but the steps were drawn up. Then, mounting the horse of Galpano, which was a goodly one, he said, "'Let us be gone.' "'I will take the head of this villain,' said she, "'and present it to the knight "'to whom I am sent on your behalf.' The child answered, "'Not the head. "'That will be troublesome. "'Take the helmet instead.' And he asked to whom she was going. To Agriès, said she, son of the King of Scotland. She then, by her importunity, learnt who had succoured her, and went her way. The child rode on, but he bled fast along the way, and the white horse was stained with his blood. About the hour of Vespers he saw a castle, from whence an unarmed knight came out to meet him, and asked him where he took those wounds. In a castle not far behind. In that horse? I took him in the place of my own which they slew there. And where is the knight whose he was? He has lost his head, said the child. Then would the knight have kissed his feet, saying, Ah sir, you are right welcome, for by you have I recovered my honour, for this was one whom Galpano had conquered. Sir knight, then said the child, Where can I find some remedy for my wounds? In my house, he replied, my niece shall cure ye better than any other in this land. So he caused him to be unarmed and laid in a sumptuous bed. Where his wounds were looked to by the lady who told him that if he could rest there for a few days he would be made whole end of chapter seven chapter eight how the three knights came to the court of king langonese and the other knight in the litter and his traitorous wife by command of Amadis. on the third day after the child of the sea had left the court of king langonese the three brethren arrived there with their false sister and her wounded husband in a litter and they delivered the woman into the king's hand on the part of a new knight who had lately left his court. The king blessed himself at hearing the woman's wickedness, and turning to the wounded man said, Methinks so wicked a woman as your wife deserveth not to live. Sire, said he, do therein what you think fit, but I never will consent to kill the thing I most love. So the brethren then took leave of the king, and carried with them the wounded knight, leaving their sister to receive judgment. The king said to her, Thy husband is more loyal to thee than thou hast been to him. But ye shall dearly abide your falsehood. And he made her be burnt. Languines marvelled much who the knight could be, for no one but Ordiana and the damsels who had been with her knew that the child of the sea was knighted, and the king thought he was going to visit Gondolese. The squire was standing by who had lodged him, and afterward conducted him to the castle where he delivered King Perdion. It may be quoth he, A young knight with whom i and a damsel of denmark that is here kept company for a while know you his name said languines no sire but he is young and exceeding fair and i saw him do such rare deeds of chivalry in so little time that in mine opinion if he live he will prove one of the best knights in the world then discoursed he of all that he had seen him achieve in rescue of king perdian and added mayhap the damsel who came hither with me can tell ye more tidings of him for i met them together presently was she sent for whereupon she declared so much as she knew chiefly how Udeganda brought him the lance and said it was for the best knight in the world but in sooth quoth she i know not his name for never could i learn it of him ah god said the king who may it be now she who loved him doubted not who it was but she was in great trouble for the king her father had sent for her and loath was she to go where she could not so often receive news from him whom she loved more than herself After six days, as the king was conferring with his son Agraez, who now was about departing to succor the king his uncle, there came in a damsel and knelt to the prince and said, Sir, hear me a while before the king your father. Then took she in her hand a helmet with so many sword dents and breeches that there was not a sound place in it. Take, sire, this helmet instead of the head of Galpano. I present it to you on the part of a young knight whom of all living it best becomes to follow arms in this he sends you because galpano dishonoured a damsel who was going on your service what quoth the king is galpano overcome by the hand of one man this certainly must be the same young knight and he asked the damsel if she knew his name that learnt i she answered with great importunity he is called the child of the sea ah quoth agriese where may i find him my lord he commandeth himself to you giving you to understand that you shall find him at the wars Great was the joy for these good tidings of the child of the sea, but above all was his lady, Oriana, rejoiced, though she concealed it. The king inquired from the damsels how he was knighted, and when they told him by their means, he replied, more courtesy hath he found in you than in me, though I only delayed thinking he was yet too young. The damsel now delivered her bidding to agrias and he departed with a good company for Gaul. End of chapter 8 CHAPTER Nine. HOW KING LZUADE SENT TO THE HOUSE OF KING LANGUINES FOR HIS DAUGHTER ORIANA, AND HE SENT HER, AND WITH HIS DAUGHTER, MABILIA, AND HOW THE CHILD OF THE SEA, ENAGRIES, WENT TO succor KING PERDION OF Gaul. ABOUT TEN DAYS AFTER THE DEPARTURE OF THE PRINCE THERE CAME THREE SHIPS FROM GREAT BRITAIN, WHEREIN AS CHIEF WAS THE GOOD KNIGHT GALDER DE RASCUL, ACCOMPANIED BY ONE HUNDRED KNIGHTS, AND WITH A SUITABLE TRAIN OF DAMES AND DAMSELS FOR ORIANA. Aswadi sent them to give to king langouinise his hearty thanks for the gentle entreatance of the princess his daughter and to request that mabilia would now come with her who should be in like manner received and entertained right joyfully did langouinise consent and adorned them well and made due preparations for their voyage odiana knowing that she must needs go made ready and when she was putting her jewels in order she found among them the wax which she had taken from the child of the sea THAT RECOLLECTION BROUGHT TEARS INTO HER EYES, AND SHE CLASPED HER HANDS AND THOUGHT, SO THAT THE WAX BREAK, AND SHE SAW THE WRITING WITHIN, AND READ, THIS IS AMADIS, SON OF KING. BUT WHEN SHE HAD READ THIS, NEVER DID SUCH JOY ENTER THE HEART OF MAN AS SHE FELT. WITHOUT DELAY SHE CALLED THE DAMSEL OF DENMARK, AND SAID TO HER, MY FRIEND, I WILL TELL YOU SOMETHING WHICH NO OTHER THAN YOU IN MY OWN HEART MUST KNOW. THEREFORE DO YOU KEEP IT AS THE SECRET, of such a princess as i am and of the best knight in the world that will i do quoth the damsel and doubt not to confide in me then so it is dear friend said odiana you must go and seek that young knight whom you know he is called the child of the sea and ye shall find him at the war in gaul if he be not there await his coming and give him this writing wherein he shall find his name written at the time when he was cast into the sea he is the son of a king and if he was so good when he knew not who he was, now will he be yet better. And tell him that I am sent for to my father's court, and I bid him, when he leaves the war, come there also, that he may dwell there till I am appoint him what to do. With this errand the damsel of Denmark set out for Gaul. The princesses now embarked, Languinese and the queen commending them to God. The weather was prosperous, and in a short time they reached Great Britain, The child of the sea remained fifteen days in the castle, where the damsel looked to his wounds, and then, though they were hardly healed, departed. It was on a Sunday morning that he and Gandeline took leave of his host and his gentle leech, and entered a great forest. This was in the month of April, and he heard the birds sing in the wood, and saw the flowers on all sides, and then he thought of his love, and said aloud, "'Ah, child, without lands and without lineage,' how hast thou dared to place thy heart upon her who excels all other in goodness and beauty and parentage for each of these three things the best knight should not dare to love her for more avails her beauty than the worth of the best knight in the world and her goodness than the wealth of the wealthiest and i who know not what i am must live with the pain of my own rashness and die without declaring it he had made this moan with his head hanging down and now looking up he espied a knight on horseback who had overheard him The knight perceived that he stopped, came before him, and said, "'It seems you love your mistress, sir, better than yourself. "'When in commending her you dispraise yourself. "'Tell me who she is, that I may love her, "'as you, by your own confession, are not worthy.' "'Sir Knight,' replied the child, "'you have some reason for what you say, "'but you shall know nothing more, "'and if you were to love her you would have no success.' "'The knight answered.' toil and danger for the love of one's lady ought to be deemed an honour for at the end comes the reward and he that loveth in so high a place as you do should not be aggrieved at aught that may happen the child of the sea thought that he spake well and would have proceeded but the other cried stay knight for either by will or by force you must tell me what i demanded go to then quoth the child so again they laced their helmets and took their shields and lances and as they were separating for the joust a damsel came up and cried stay knights and answer me one thing first for i am in haste and cannot tarry the end of your combat at these words they stayed have you seen a knight called the child of the sea and what would you with him said the child i bring him tidings from his friend agraez son of the king of scotland wait a little replied he and i will give ye news of him and with that he returned towards the knight who was calling to him to defend himself. They ran their course, the lance of the knight flew up in shivers, and both he and his horse were borne to the ground. The horse rose and was starting away, but the child caught him and said, Sir knight, take your horse, and henceforth seek not to know anything against a man's will. Then turning to the damsel, he asked her if she knew him for whom she inquired. No, said she, but a has told me he would make himself known so soon as i should say that i came from him right Quoth the child for i am he and with these words he unlaced his helmet and when she saw his face the damsel cried in truth do i believe it for i have heard him speak wonders of your beauty where did you leave Agreas? hard by the shore not far hence where he is about to embark with his troops for gaul and he wished to learn tidings of you that you might cross with him god reward him said the child lead on and show the way they soon came to the shore whereon the tents were pitched and being now near them they heard a voice behind stay knight for you shall tell me what i asked he turned and saw the knight whom he had dismounted and another now with him and taking his arms met them both with their spears in rest and careening at him full speed and they from the tents saw him how firm he rode in the saddle so that they marvelled for there was no knight of this time who rode better or jousted with more grace so that by this he was often discovered when he wished not to be known there both spears struck his shield which failed him but his breastplate not he ran at the knight whom he had before overthrown and threw him again so roughly that in the fall he break his arm the child lost his lance he turned with his sword against the other and gave it him on the head that he pierced the helmet and he drew back the sword so forcibly that the laces break and the helmet came with the sword. The child then passed the sword to his left hand, and caught his enemy's shield, and plucked it from his neck, and dashed it on his head, so that he fell stunned. Then the child gave his arms to Gandaline and proceeded to the tents. Agriès went to him, wondering who he might be that so soon discomfited two knights. He knew him, and they embraced, and there was great joy when it was known that the child of the sea was arrived. The prince then sent for the two knights to his tent believe me friends said he you attempted great folly to meddle with this knight true said he with the broken arm yet i saw him in such plight that i little thought to find any resistance from him and then he told what had passed in the forest only the lamentation of the child he durst not repeat the next day they decamped and rode to Palinguis, a sea-town opposite to gaul then they entered the ships of Agriez and with fair wind soon reached a town in gaul called golfin and from thence the castle Baladin, wherein was King Perion, who had lost many of his people, and was right glad of their coming. Agriers went to visit Queen Alicenia, taking with him the child of the sea and two other knights of good account. When Perdion saw the child, he took him by the hand and led him to the queen. This is the good knight of whom I told you, heretofore, who defended me from the greatest danger that ever I was in, and this I tell you, that you may love him better than any other knight." THE QUEEN ADVANCED HERSELF TO EMBRACE HIM, AND HE FELL ON HIS KNEES, AND SAID, LADY, I AM THE SERVANT OF YOUR SISTER, AND FOR HER SAKE COME TO SERVE YOU, WITH LIKE OBEDIENCE AS TO HER PERSON. THE QUEEN THANKED HIM LOVINGLY, AND SEEING HOW FAIR HE WAS, SHE THOUGHT OF HER OWN SONS WHO WERE LOST, AND THE TEARS CAME, SO SHE WEPT FOR HIM WHO WAS BEFORE HER, AND SHE KNEW HIM NOT. DO NOT WEEP, LADY, quoth HE. You shall be restored to your cheerfulness, with the help of God, and the king, and this knight, your nephew, and me, who willingly will serve you." When Agrias departed, he would have taken the child with him. But Elisena said he was her sister's knight, and should be lodged with them. So he became his mother's guest. King Abias and Dagonel soon heard that succour was arrived. Now, said the king, if King Perdion has a heart to fight, he will give us battle. Dagonel replied, He feareth you too much. "'For Abiez was then the best knight known. Galain, Duke of Normandy, who was present, then said, "'I will tell you how we will make him. "'Dagonel and I will set out to-night, "'and at break of day we will appear before his town with a reasonable force. "'King Abias, with the rest of the army, shall lie in ambush in the forest. "'He will take heart and sally out upon us. "'We will feign a fear and take flight towards the forest, "'and there shall they all be destroyed.' "'You say well,' replied Abiez. Let it be done. Presently they and all their people were armed and entered the forest, and there the king remained, while Dagonel and Galen proceeded. When the morning came, Perdion and the queen went into the child's chamber, whom they found rising and washing his hands, and they saw that his eyes were red and his cheeks marked with tears, so that it was plain he had slept little that night, and truly he had been thinking of his lady, and how hopeless his love was, and that death was all he could expect.' Queen Alisena took Gandolin aside and asked him the cause of his master's sadness, if it was for any offence that he had received there. He replied, He hath received great honour here, and this, madam, is his custom. He is wont to weep at night, as you see. While they were discoursing, the townsmen saw their enemies near, and shouted to arms, to arms. Right glad was the child of the sea at this alarm. They armed themselves and rode to the gate, where they found Agrias in wrath because the wardens would not let him go forth, for he was one of the most spirited knights in the world, and if his strength had been like his courage, there would have been none to surpass him in prowess. At the king's command the gates were opened, and all the knights went forth, but seeing their enemies to be so great a number, there were some who said it would be folly to attack them. But Agriez spurred his horse, exclaiming ill-luck to him who tarries longer, and the child of the sea had already advanced before him, so they went to the charge." Dagonel and Galen made ready to receive them as those whom they heartily hated. The child of the sea encountered Galen, who was foremost and overthrew both man and horse, and the duke break his leg in the fall. The child had broken his lance. He laid hold of his sword, and rode among them, striking on all sides so fiercely that nothing could withstand his blows, till he was beset that his horse could not move for the throng. Agraeus, with some of his followers, forced their way to him made a great destruction among their enemies. And King Perion with his people came up, whom Dagonel as well received. Then were the armies mingled together. There might you have seen the child of the sea doing wonders, felling all that opposed him, hewing and chining his enemies, and showing such chivalry that none durst abide him. Agriès, at seeing him, took the more courage, and cried aloud to encourage his men, Look at the best knight that ever was born! When Dagonel saw the child of the sea, what havoc he made. He made up to him, and strove to kill his horse, that he might fall among the throng. But that he could not effect, for the child gave him such a stroke on the helmet that the laces burst, and it fell off, and King Perdion, who had come to the child's succour, with another blow, cleft him to the teeth. Then were they of Ireland, and the Normans conquered, and they fled to the forest, crying aloud for King Abiez, that he should not tarry longer, and suffer them to be destroyed and Perdion and his company pursued till they saw abiez and his main army advanced crying set on them leave not a man alive enter the town with them when the knights of gaul found themselves thus surprised they were affrighted for they were weary and their lances broken and king abiez was the best knight in the world and the one whom they most feared but the child of the sea cried now sirs ye must maintain your honour it will be seen what each is worth the irish came on like fresh men and who had a great heart to do mischief. King Abiez left not a knight in his saddle so long as his spear lasted. Then drew he his sword and laid about him so valiantly that King Perdion's men could not withstand him, and they retreated towards the town. The child, seeing that, bestirred himself more angrily, and fought in the front so that he gave the Gauls leisure to retire in some order, and prevented their utter rout. Agriès and Perdion always kept by him, and they three were the safety of the host and enough to do had those irishmen whom abiez had sent forward to enter the town that the war might be finished and now the gauls had entered the gates and king abiez came up hoping that his men had entered with them and greatly was he grieved to see that it was otherwise in the more for he now heard how that galen and dagonel were slain one of his people came up to him and said sire do you see that knight on the white horse who does nothing but what is marvellous he it is who slain your captains It was the child of the sea who rode the white horse of galpano with that king abiez rode up to him and said knight thou hast slain the man in the world whom i most love and dearly shalt thou abide it if thou wilt come out and continue the battle the child replied this is not a time to fight with you for your men are many in number and fresh and we are but few and so travailed that it is a wonder how we have resisted you but if ye will show the great hardiness for which you are renowned, and revenge him of whom you speak like a knight. Choose you of your people as many as you think fit, and I will do the same, and then, being equal, you may gain the more honour, which is not to be won by coming with so great a number to take what is not your own. King Abiez replied, Of how many shall the battle be? Since you leave it in my choice, said the child, I will propose what may please you better.' you are mine enemy for what i have done to-day and i yours for the wrong you have done this land it is not reasonable that any other than ourselves should suffer let the battle be between you and me and presently if you will only let neither side stir till the end so let it be said Abiès, and he called ten of his best knights who with ten of the child's party were appointed to keep the field king pedion and Agriès would have had him delay the combat till the next day seeing that he was sore wounded but he would not be moved desiring the battle above all things that he might prove himself against the world who had the renown of the best knight in the world and thinking that if he conquered the war would be finished and he might return to his lady odiana on whom his heart and all his desires were fixed end of chapters 7 8 and 9